Welcome, everyone. My name is Tim Harris, pastor at Woodburn Baptist Church. It's my privilege to welcome you to worship today. Welcome to all of you in the overflow this morning. Welcome to those of you at the Franklin campus. Still so excited to say those words. Welcome to you, Pastor Eric. I love you so much. God bless you guys this morning as you worship. I got a chance to watch one of the DVDs we send down to Franklin. Uh, it's kind of a funny thing to watch. My favorite thing is it right in the bottom, uh, bottom, this bottom corner right here. You see Warren Week's head, the back of Warren's head. Uh, nearly the whole time I preach, I think we should sell ad space uh, right there on the back of, of Warren's head for our, for our DVD ministry, perhaps. Uh, Warren, we love you, and the Franklin campus is learning to love you. Uh, they'll know if you're not in your spot. Open your Bibles this morning to the book of Proverbs. Several, uh, several passages in the book of Proverbs this morning as we finish the series entitled Starting Point. We've been talking about God as a God of new beginnings, God as a God who loves new things. We've been talking about how in order to experience that new beginning that God has for you, you have to be willing to acknowledge that he is God and recognize that he is a God who sees everything all the way from the beginning to the end. God sees everything, your whole life, every page written before the day you were born. God sees everything everything. He knows the future, and God is the one who is always calling us into the future he has for us. God is never calling us back because going back is never an option. That's why in order to experience a new beginning, a starting point, you've got to see that yesterday is gone. There's no going back. You can't drag those days forward into the future. They're gone. You have to be willing, ready to embrace the new thing that God has for you. I know that in the course of these messages, a number of you are, are thinking, that's exactly what I want. I, I want a new beginning. I know that Pastor Eric says in Franklin, people come to him and say, that's exactly what I want. I want a starting point. I want a chance to start brand new. A number of us think that, but for the number of us who are thinking that, very few of us will actually ever take that step and, and make a new beginning. Because I'm still not sure that we understand what that entails. Some of us are thinking, I've got problems. I have a number of problems, and I want solutions to my problems. So if God is offering that solutions to my problems, then sign me up. I want solutions for my problems. But you've got to see that your problems are probably not your problem. Do you understand? Your problems are probably not your problem. The reason you have the problems you have is because you're living your life in the wrong direction. You're living your life in the wrong direction. So when God gives you a new beginning, God isn't just going to give you a solution for your problems. God wants to give you a new direction for your life. Does that make sense? A new direction, a whole new direction for your life. Not just solutions for the problems you're having on the path you're traveling. God wants to put your feet on a new path. Start with me. Proverbs chapter 3, verses Five and six. These are verses I memorized as a child, and some of you probably did as well. Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six. Listen to what God wants for your life, what God wants to do in your life. This is the word of the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Now, now break that down. If you trust in the Lord with your whole heart, and if you seek what God wants for you in everything you do, 
then what is God going to do for your life? What does he want for your life? He wants to show you which path to take. When you commit your whole life to God, your whole heart, he is going to show you the path to take. God is going to direct your life. Back in high school, uh, I, uh, I was kind of a dork. I know that's hard for you all to believe, you know, that with, with the kind of coolness, the level of cool I have at this point in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks for that laughter. I was quite the dork, but, but I also, man, I, I had this crush on this girl who was just a little bit older. Any of you ever kind of fallen for an older woman? Go ahead, raise your hand. It's okay. Yeah, yeah lots of you guys. Your wife's going to kill you when you get home. Guys, I had a crush on this older woman. She, she just turned 16. She just got her driver's license. I didn't have my driver's license yet. But still, I had the courage to ask her out. One of those classy dates, you know, where the girl's going to drive the guy around in the car. One of those things. But, but I asked her out, and she said yes. So, again, she's driving, but, but I'm still the guy, so it's my job to plan the date. And I'm telling you guys, take notes here if you want some creativity here. I planned the date, uh, the mother of all dates. I decided that we would have a picnic on the beach. Now you're thinking, didn't you live in Woodburn, Kentucky? Is there a beach in Woodburn? No, but I had this vague, vague knowledge of there being a, a lake over at Barren River and a beach there at the lake. You know that beach? Is it still there? I never got there, but, but that's not the point of the story. Actually, it is. I decided that I would take her over. She would take me over to, to the lake there at Barren River, and we would have a picnic on the beach. I said, uh, baby, you just pick me up at my house. Ain't that cool? You pick me up at my house, and I will show you a good time. So I, I packed a lunch, guys. I, I, I packed a lunch. I packed barbecue Fritos and Mountain Dew, uh, both uh, main food groups. Barbecue Fritos, Mountain Dew, I got my swimming trunks, I did like 2,000 sit-ups. You know why you do that, guys? You know why you do it? Because I'm going to, the girl's going to see me in my swimming trunks. I wanted, you know, a tight, tight belly. I should do them now. Yeah, like 200 sit-ups in one day, you know, just to get it tight there. You know, I popped all my pimples so I could look great for her. Uh, She pulls up in the driveway. I come out. I've I've got my towel. I've got the barbecue Fritos, the Mountain Dew. I, I pop in the car. She picked me up in a 1978 AMC. See Pacer. Y'all remember Pacers? Had that big bubble of glass on the back that in the summer would focus the sun's rays like a magnifying glass and, and cook you in the car. Yeah, it was that kind of pacer. We were having the best time. I got in that car, man. I was so cool. She was so pretty. We were driving down the road, windows down, wind blowing through our hair. We were singing because I brought along a, a mixtape. Y'all don't know what those are. It was a little cassette tape with, with tunes on it, man. You know, love songs. I had this so worked out. We're driving down the road. We're listening to Michael Jackson. We're listening to Cameo. Man, I got this girl right here. Palm of my hands, girls, right here. I got her, right? Right there now, right there. We're driving. The thing is, I didn't really know where Barren River Lake was, but I was pretty sure I could get us there. I mean, as best I recalled, it was a big lake. And I knew that it was near Scottsville, so remember, she picked me up in Woodburn. I had her drive us back to Bowling Green to get on Scottsville Road. Scottsville Road should lead to Scottsville, and therefore, if the lake is in Scottsville, then I should get to the lake. That's what I was thinking anyway. So from Woodburn, we went all the way to town, got on Scottsville Road, driving down Scottsville, going to the lake. Remember having a picnic on the beach. 
Here we go. We were driving down Scott's Road. It was so much fun, man. I got this girl. We're in a pacer. Got Fritos, Mountain Dew. I start getting up there, and I remember that you don't drive straight down Scott's Road. At some point, you turn. Now, I don't let the girl know that I'm getting a little nervous about this. I just figure I'll recognize the turn. I'll get to some intersection, and one way or the other will just look kind of beachy. You know what I'm saying? It'll look right to me. I started getting a little bit nervous, so we were getting closer and closer or further and further. I couldn't tell. But I got to this intersection that looked kind of familiar. And I knew I'd been to the lake before. It just looked kind of familiar. So I said, turn right. Yeah, turn right. Yeah, just so you know, we were at Allen Springs. It was Highway 240. (laughs) If you turn right on Highway 240, you know where it takes you? Woodburn. Yeah, yeah. It dawned on me somewhere when I started, you know, getting close to my house. Man, we were not going to the beach. We had a picnic on my mama's porch. We had barbecue Fritos and Mountain Dew on my mama's porch with mama looking out the window at us. We'll say it together, loser, yeah, lo- loser. Wow. Think about it. I really wanted to go to the lake. I really wanted to go to Barren River Lake. I was all ready to go to the lake, and that's where I intended to go. Why did I not end up at Barren River Lake? Because that was not the road we were on. Now, I wanted it to be the road that I was on. That was the destination that I intended, but we did not get to the lake because we were not on the path that led to the lake. We were not not on the road that leads to Barren River Lake. We ended up on the road to Woodburn. And so that's where we ended up. It's a very, very simple principle that Andy Stanley calls the principle of the path. It's a book that he's recently come out with. I encourage you to read it. Make your teenagers read it. Make any college student you know read this book. The principle of the path. A very simple principle that says this, direction determines destination. Direction determines destination. We ended up in Woodburn instead of the lake because we were going in the direction of Woodburn. Very, very simple. Do you understand that? Because in your life, the principle of the path is something that you simply must comprehend. This applies every single day of your life in every single area of your life. Direction determines destination. What I'm saying is that in your life, it's the path you choose that will determine where you end up. The path you choose will determine where your life takes you. So what that means is if you're on the path that leads to one place, if I head out here down, down the road and I turn left and I'm heading toward Franklin, will I get to Bowling Green? No, I'm not moving in the direction of Bowling Green. It will not matter at that point how fast I drive. It will not matter how I intend to go the other direction. It really will not matter at that point how much I pray. It really will not matter. The only thing that matters is the direction I'm moving in. Direction determines destination. As we talk about new beginnings, it's very, very critical that you understand that God wants to give you a new direction. If you trust in the Lord with all of your heart, lean not upon your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He wants to direct your path. He wants to put you on a different 
path for thinking about a new start with God, then you've got to understand God's just not interested in solving your problems for you. God is not interested in simply making your day a little brighter and better. God wants to put you in a totally new direction. He wants to change the direction of your life. That's what a new beginning is. I I want you to see an illustration from the Bible. This is just so good. Flip over a page or two in the book of Proverbs to Proverbs chapter 7. Proverbs chapter 7 This is the oddest section in the book of Proverbs. It tells a little story. It tells a story about the day when King Solomon was looking out the window of his house and he saw this guy. And he tells the story about what he saw. Follow along. This is just amazing. Watch the picture here as it unfolds before your eyes. Proverbs chapter 7, verse 6. While I was at the window of my house looking through the curtain... I saw some naive young men, and one in particular who lacked common sense. Stop right there. Uh, Solomon is looking out of the window of his house. In other words, he has this view from above. It's a very unique vantage. He can see everything. It's sort of a God's eye view. Do you understand that? He's looking down, and he can see this young man, and he can see right away that this guy is a doofus. He can see that because he sees what's unfolding before his eyes. Verse 8, he was crossing the street near the house of an immoral woman, strolling down the, say the word, path by her house. Does he know that this is where this path leads? We don't know. We're not sure if he understands where this path leads, but the point is when you're looking down and you're looking down from above, you can clearly see where this path leads. You can see where this young man is headed, whether he knows it or not. It was at twilight in the evening as deep darkness fell. The woman approached him, seductively dressed in sly of heart. She was the brass, rebellious type, never content to stay at home. She's often in the streets and markets, soliciting at every corner. She threw her arms around him and kissed him, and with a brazen look, she said, I've just made my peace offerings and fulfilled my vow. Stop right there. She starts seducing him, but she uses religious language. I think that's amazing. First words out of her mouth, I've just made my peace offerings and fulfilled my vow. She seems to be saying that somehow she's in a a right relationship with God. She has worshipped Her heart is clean. This is the way she presents herself. But it's more than that. In the Old Testament, the peace offerings were food offerings, typically meat. So what she is saying is, I have made my offerings at the temple. And when you made your offering at the temple, you you sacrifice the animal. The, The priest would literally butcher the animal. A small portion would be the sacrifice for God. The rest of that meat you took home to eat, but you had to eat it all by the end of the day. So she approaches this young man and she says, I've got food. Yeah, I've got food. The way to a man's heart is through his stomach. I've got food. I've got meat. I've just made my peace offerings and fulfilled my vows. Verse 15, you're the one I was looking for. I came out to find you and here you are. Y'all believe that? Y'all believe that? 
She says that to every dork that walks down the street, but he doesn't know that. Listen to this. My bed is spread with beautiful blankets, with colored sheets of Egyptian linen. He's thinking, dang, man, in my dorm room, my sheets don't even match. Verse 17, I've perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let's drink our fill of love until morning. Let's enjoy each other's caresses, for my husband is not home. He's away on a long trip. He's taken a wallet full of money with him, and he won't return until later this month. So she seduced him with her pretty speech and enticed him with her flattery. He followed her at once like an ox going to the slaughter. He was like a stag caught in a trap, awaiting the arrow that would pierce its heart. The Hebrew there says liver. The arrow that would pierce his liver. An arrow in the liver is a very slow, painful way to die. He was like a bird flying into a snare, little knowing that it would cost him his life. All of those images there are, are pictures of animal stupidity. And this is the way that the wise king is describing this naive young man. He is like a stupid animal walking into a trap. So listen to me, my sons, and pay attention to my words. Don't let your heart stray to, away toward her. Don't wander down her wayward path. For she has been the ruin of many. Many men have been her victims. Her house is the road to the grave. Her bedroom is the den of death. It's it's a picture. It's a picture of a path. It's a picture of a young man who starts down a path. The point is, he doesn't necessarily see where the path is ends. There's this incredible disconnection between what this young man expects and what an observer could see plainly down the road for him. And you ever watch any of those makeover shows? TV's full of them now. All kinds of makeover shows. There's, there's the home makeover show. There is the you know makeover my mama kind of show. You bring in a, your wife. You bring in somebody in your life that you think needs one. And you put them out there for a, a makeover. Do you see any of those shows? All of those shows begin with one thing. They have one thing in common. They all begin with an outsider, someone who can come in and see your house or see your mama or see you in a way you don't see yourself. Think about it. Extreme home makeover. The first thing, Ty walks in with his megaphone, looks at your house, and he can see from a mile away in a fog that you are living in a dump. But you don't know that. They've got that show where the neighbors, your neighbors come in while you're not at home and redo your house. What do they do? They walk in your house and the first thing they see is that couch of yours that you've had since Carter was president. They can see that couch and they can see that couch has got to go. You don't see that. When you look at that couch, you think, oh, that's my couch. I love that couch. I sleep 10 hours a day on that couch. I I love that couch. My dogs had six litters of pups on that couch. I love that couch. You love your couch. You don't see it like an outsider would see it. And this is where the scripture gets its wisdom. The view is from above. It's from a wise man who can look down and he can see the path that this young man is walking. And he recognizes that this young man does not really expect what is at the end of that path for him. What does the young man expect? 
He expects a weekend of thrills and sex and food. That's what he's preparing for. The scripture says he goes walking down that path. Man, he thinks he is a rock star on the red carpet. He thinks he is so cool. He thinks he is so slick. He is ready for what he thinks this weekend has for him. But he does not realize that he is walking into a den of death. That's what the scripture says. He can't see it the way anybody else would see it. This is the problem with your life right now, perhaps, my friend. That this is your problem. You don't see what anybody else could plainly see about where your life is headed. You just don't see it. There's a disconnection. As a matter of fact, you keep thinking, expecting that your life is going to end in a very, very happy place. And you want that. You're thinking right now that that, that your life is going to go great. It's kind of rough right now, but one of these days, you're going to pop up out of your problems, and you're going to have a very godly marriage and and a wonderful relationship with your wife, or maybe you're thinking that one of these days, your children are going to be transformed, and they're going to become pre-med students and the godly young men and women. You're expecting this kind of life. You think that you're going to wind up in a happy place. But most anybody else, and especially God, looking down upon your life, looking at your life from the outside, they can plainly see that the path you're on does not lead you there. What you're expecting is not at all the direction you're heading. One day a long time ago, I was under the canopy, as I am on Sunday mornings lots of times, welcoming people into worship. This family drove up, family I'd never met before, came pulling up in the car, family, pulled up under the canopy, and the kids hopped out, started going right in the door. I walked over, introduced myself to the man. He said, hi, my name is so-and-so. We just got up this morning, and we wanted to bring our kids to church. That's fantastic. I said, great, it is good to have you. What's your name? Where are you from? He told me all about himself. He said, you know... It was really hard for us to get up this morning because we had a pretty late night. But I said to my wife, I said, honey, we've got to teach our kids how important it is to have a life with God. That's what he said. How important it is to have a life with God and how important it is for our kids to grow up in church. So this morning, we just got up and came. I said, well, brother, that is fantastic. He said, yeah, I appreciate that, preacher. Now, what time should I pick them up? He said, what time should I pick them up? I said, excuse me? He said, yeah, my wife and I, we we ain't had our coffee yet. You see that? Do you see what he said? We want our kids to grow up with a life with God. We want our kids to grow up understanding how important church is, so we brought them. What time should we pick them up? We ain't had our coffee yet. Dropped them off and mom and dad left. I'm telling you. You don't have to be any kind of rocket scientist to look at the path that man is on and and see that the path he is on does not lead him to where he thinks he's going to go with his kids. His kids are not going to learn that it's important to have a life with God when apparently daddy is more concerned about a life with coffee. Do you see what I'm saying? From an outside perspective, anybody could see that, but that man's not able to see that, just like you and I a lot of times are not able to see the direction of our lives, because we want our lives to end up happy. We want our lives to end up prosperous and peaceful. We want to die rich, and we want to die happy with our family around us, but I'm telling you, the path you're on may not be leading you there. 
you need to consider that possibility. The path you're on may not be leading you to the place where you intend to go. And it's the direction of your life that matters, not your intentions. Direction determines destination. It will not matter how many Sundays you come to church. Do you understand that? It's not going to matter how many Sundays you come and you put your backside in a pew. Not going to matter. It's not even going to matter to some extent how much you pray. Listen to what I'm saying. What matters is the direction of your life. What matters is the path you choose. That is going to determine where you end up. God wants to put you on a new path, a whole new path. God's not interested in just one of those new beginnings where he maybe runs a comb through your hair and buys you a new shirt. Don't you understand? It is a total, radical new beginning. He wants to direct your path. This young man is is just probably thinking that this is going to be a weekend, just a weekend, kind of like a parenthesis in his life. He's not recognizing what the observer can see. He's not seeing that once he makes this choice, that this is not an isolated event in his life. This is a step down a path. You hear me? It's a step down a path. He's thinking, I'll go in this lady's house for this weekend, and we will have a good time, and I will experience things, and I will have a great story to tell my buddies. It's going to be a weekend, though. After this is over, I will step off of this path, and I'll be in a new place. And the wise king says this man had no idea that others had been on this path before him, and it led them all to the very same place. It's not going to be different for him. His choice this day is not an isolated choice. It is a step in a direction. It is a choice of a path. And he is going to live to regret the path he chooses this day. You and I live with the same kind of animal stupidity. We live with the same tendency to believe that we can make choices day after day after day, but that these choices somehow do not constitute a direction for our life. You really don't want to be an alcoholic, do you? You really don't want to be an addict. But every single day when you reach for the bottle, every single day when you reach for the pills, that, my friend, is a step down a path. It is a path, and it is directing your life, and it is leading you to a life of addiction. Don't you understand that? It's not an isolated choice. You can't continue day after day after day to take steps down this path and think somehow you won't end up at the destination that path leads to. Think about it. Of course you don't want to be an old person with nicotine-colored skin, coughing with emphysema and, and sucking in oxygen. But don't you understand, every day when you keep reaching for the cigarettes, that's where that leads? I know you don't want to leave your family early and die of, young, of lung cancer, but don't you understand that every single day you keep smoking, that's the direction you're moving toward. It won't matter how you don't want to have lung cancer. It won't matter how you don't want to die young, I'm telling you. Direction determines destination. And every time you reach for the cigarette, it is a step down the path. Every choice you make every day is a step down a path. So what's the lesson here? Very simply, don't ever start down a path that does not lead where you want to go. Don't ever start down a path that does not lead where you want to go. 
Notice what the scripture says from the book of Proverbs again. Help me out on the screen. Proverbs 16, verse 25. Read these words with me on the screen. There is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, the old King James used to say, but the way ends in destruction. You look at your life, you look at your options, and sometimes you choose a path and it feels good to you. It seems right to you. But the scripture makes very, very plain, very, very clear that the path that seems right to you is not going to be the right path. It is not that you're an animal and stupid. It's not that at all. It's just simply you can't see things like God sees things. You're not able to see everything from the beginning all the way to the end. You can't always see where the direction of your life is taking you. That's why why this scripture is so important. That's why it's critical that you learn that there is a path before you that seems right, but the, the end of it takes you to death. The end is destruction. You're not very good at choosing the paths for your life. Neither am I. But God is. Trust in the Lord, the scripture says, with all of your heart. Do not lean upon your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you the right path to take. God is the one who sees your life from above. God is the one who sees all the paths in all the directions, and he knows where every path ends. You must let God determine the path of your life. You must let him direct your life. I've heard people say, Brother Tim, I believe that God is a God of love. I believe that God is a God of grace. I believe that God is a God who, who will always, always forgive and, and show graciousness. I don't believe that God is, is a judging kind of God. I've heard people say that. You have too. I just don't really relate to the God of judgment, that, that God of fire and brimstone. My God is more of a God of love. I, I see that, and, and I want you to hear me. My God's a God of love too. The God of Scripture is a God of extreme love. But he is a God of judgment. And this is how God's judgment works. Be not deceived. This is how it works. God is a God who will allow you, by your freedom, God will allow you to follow the path you choose all the way to its destination. That's God's judgment. God will allow you to follow the path you choose all the way to its destination, all the way to its end. The problem is, my friend, the path you will choose for yourself inevitably will be the path to destruction. Inevitably, the path you choose for yourself will take you in a direction away from God. And therefore, one day, understand, the destination you reach will be an eternal destination in separation from the God who you've walked away from for your whole life. That's God's way of judging you. Do you understand? He's simply going to let you follow the path you choose all the way to its end. One more verse, again from Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 12. This is what the Word of God says. A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The fool goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. The wise person can foresee some danger and they change course, they change direction. The wise person is able to look down the road a piece and see that this is not the direction that I want my life to go in. That's what the wise person does. The wise person foresees danger. 
and change his course. It's the fool and only the fool who sees where the road leads but just goes blindly on. My friend, this morning, you have a choice to make. It is a choice for a brand new beginning. But you have to understand that the new beginning God has for you is not simply some sort of, some sort of a patchwork on the life that you're living now. God has no interest in just solving your problems and sending you on down the road that you're choosing. The new beginning God has for you is a new beginning on a whole new direction and a whole new path for your life. God cares very much how your life turns out, and he sees the end from the beginning. God has a new direction for you. I know that's hard to seek. I know that's hard to ask for because you recognize that when God wants to redirect your path, that is a radical kind of change. That is a radical kind of taking over. When you trust the Lord with your whole heart, he begins to direct your paths. That means you get your directions from him. Honestly, I think that's what you want. Because you're not wise enough to choose your own path. You can follow the desires of your heart. You can follow the desires of your body. But that way that seems right to you is always going to lead you to destruction. It's the wise person who sees that ahead of time, who foresees the danger of continuing down this path. It's the wise person who changes course. That's what the invitation from God is for you today. It's an invitation to change the path you're walking. It's an invitation to change course. It's an offer of a whole new beginning. I'm asking you today to be wise enough to look at the road you're walking, look at the direction of your life, pay attention to where this direction leads. Only a fool would be on a path that leads to destruction. And continue blindly on. It's a principle of the path, brothers and sisters. It's direction that determines destination. It doesn't matter what you intend. It doesn't matter that you hope your life ends up in a happy place. If the direction of your life is not leading you to a happy place, you will never, ever find yourself happy. Direction determines destination. The invitation today is to allow God to direct your path. Pray with me. God, there are many today, many today hearing this message whose feet are traveling the wrong path. There are young people, Lord, today hearing this message who are choosing a wrong path. They do not see that the choices they make right now in middle school, in high school, they do not see that these are not isolated choices. These are steps in a direction. These are decisions toward a path. Lord Jesus, I pray that you will help them to be wise enough today to see where the road leads and change course. Lord, there are marriage people in this house, Lord. There are single people. There are all kinds of folks in this house, Lord, whose lives are heading in a direction in the opposite way of where they hope to end up eventually. God, I pray today for the grace, the strength, the power to make a new start. But, Lord, I pray that that new start will be down the right path, a new path for our feet. God, help us today to hear the Word of God, to hear it, and allow the Word of God to call us 
to change, to make the changes, Lord, that you have for us. Oh, God, you see our lives from above. You see us in a way we do not see ourselves. So, God, today, let us see ourselves the way you see us. Let us see through your eyes the path we're walking. And, God, we ask you today to redirect our path. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.